What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Down to Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to the latest episode of Five on the Floor Live. I come to you directly after the heartbreaking defeat to the Brooklyn Nets that the Miami Heat just uh, had on their home floor. Hello, I'm Greg Sylvander. Uh, Tonight's floor plan with me, we have... Sean Rochester, uh, back on the program after a while, S. Rochester NBA on Twitter. We also have Brian Fonseca. He's been off for a while, too, it feels like. Uh, you can find him on Twitter as well. The handle is right there, Brian Fonseca NY. And a very special guest to the program, uh, a voice that you will be very familiar with, the host of easily the most funny, creative Miami Heat programming around in my opinion um hangover time wrong. from miami heat beat alphonse sydney alf 954 however you know him welcome to the program as well my homeboy don't talk to me <laughs> all right see i was trying to come in lighthearted because alf is joining it's always a good occasion when he's here but yeah it's rough and we're going to talk about it but first I want to shout out a sponsor, and that is A Aggressive Insurance. Lynette may be in the comments, so I want to make sure that we could at least put a smile on her face. They are an insurance broker agency that's been servicing South Florida for over 15 years. They offer auto, homeowners, condo insurance, life insurance too, uh, retirement programs, free notary service to all clients that can come in super handy. Uh, they represent every leading insurance carrier in South Florida. So if you have a bad driving record, no problem. No driver is refused. Free phone quotes. You want to go to insurancebylanette.com. That's with two N's, two T's. She's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. She's probably in these comments, as I mentioned, 954-581-8800, 954-581-8800. That's A, Aggressive Insurance. Check out insurancepilotnet.com. All right. I can't fake it anymore, y'all. This was gut-wrenching. Like, we're going to talk about the whole game, but I just want to talk about the last sequence for a minute. Jimmy gets fouled. I don't care what anyone says. He got fouled. That's that. We're, we're, I'm not having that conversation. Um, at least from my perspective, he got fouled. He got a body block. Tyler Hero had a bad, weird-looking thing that happened there at the end. He looked like he was in pain. I hope he's fine. It didn't look great to me, but who, who the hell am I? So that is also weird because to compound all that, Bam Adebayo already wasn't finishing the game because he obviously is feeling the effects of the, the DeAndre eight knee to the back of the leg. That's what I, I guess um, is really ailing him now. Ugh. And then they lose this game that they had. They had this game multiple times. They felt like they could have put it away and they didn't. Alf, since you're joining us, um, I would like to get your perspective first. Let's just do some quick read and react from everybody. 
Uh, what the hell did you just witness and how the hell are you feeling about it? Um, I mean, I'm not like, I mean, I'm crushed as a fan, but it's not like I'm upset. Like I see people in the comments, like you have to find a way to win. I mean, they did <laughs> like, they literally found a way to win. Right. And that with the crazy Royce O'Neal offensive rebound, uh, notwithstanding you get, you get what you want. You get Jimmy Butler at the rim. Royce O'Neal, I mean, comes out of nowhere, like Javon Holland takes his ass out and we don't get a, we don't get a foul call. I mean, I mean, it is what it is. You know, it was kind of a bummer, you know, to see KD go down, uh, to, to watch Bam not be himself. I mean, at one point he was a minus 20 while Orlando Robinson was a plus 25. What, what my biggest takeaway is um, the Heat, when they are engaged and they are playing a quality opponent, uh, they, they get to a different level. And we've seen it time and time again, uh, but they also will drop to the level of opponent. So they, they meet their opponents where they are, uh, but it just – it. I'm not going to say I feel great after the game, but it's you. They had a chance to pull one out against the hottest team in the league right now. They were totally hosed, and you know you just walk away and say, "Hey, you know that's uh, NBA officiating at its best." E a d a d. Damn. Yeah, it does. That didn't make me feel any better at all. So we're going to try. <laughs> um, but I do appreciate the the fact that. Um, you know, you are keeping perspective in this moment. It's just the way that it ended with Tyler's uh, on, like now we just have a lot of, I guess, question marks. And that's where I uh, leave this game with not understanding exactly how out of bios health is now Tyler hero will be a question mark. Um, so it's just, and then, yeah, to your point too, Alf about KD going down, like that sucks as well. Uh, but I will say there were signs here, right? Sean, they shot 37% from three. I don't think you've joined a single damn show all year where they've shot 37% from three. And this may be the only one that you're on all year, uh, considering the track record. Um, what did you see that you liked? Particularly, I want to kind of hone in on before Hero got injured, uh, the Depot Hero stuff. Um, I feel like that has legs that we should be monitoring um, in terms of a backcourt that, that can close, that can play together, that can be um, – a, a two-man unit that complements uh, each other. And I don't think we all ever expected that. Like, I think a lot of people almost um, started to write off the idea of Tyler and, and Depot being able to coexist even to a degree. So uh, what did you like uh, that you saw from those two guys tonight? Yeah, talking about those two guys, you know, early on, Victor Oladipo was making threes, no hesitation, uh, hit those first two, and then obviously didn't shoot it well from there. I don't actually think he made a shot the rest of the way. I think he finished two for ten, two of seven behind the arc. But he really shifted his game, and I think that's that's a good sign in terms of making things work, that early on he was able to shoot and score. Uh, as the game went on, he was creating. He was getting downhill, getting to the rim. We know that's a hard thing for this team. Uh, he finished with, I believe, six assists. Uh, and then on the flip side, Tyler Hero early on, it looked like he was really struggling with the length that Brooklyn has. And then that gave a lot of our guards trouble. And uh, early on, he was struggling with the length, and then he kind of figured it out and then had a pretty good scoring game, um, obviously finishing with 24 points and uh, made five threes. So I, I think those two can coexist. I thought, you know, I, I think Kyle obviously was limited. I think he had some good stretches tonight, took a couple charges, made some good passes, but like – we're just continuing to lower the bar and expectations for him to make it sound like he's doing well. Like I felt like he was okay, but we didn't pay him to be okay. We paid him to be much more uh, than what he's giving us, but the Victor and uh, Tyler pairing, very encouraging. And I think Gabe is starting to get it back too. also. 
Yeah, and Oladipo also with three steals. The defense seems to continue to be there. That effort, that energy, that stuff um, is is going nowhere. So even in a two of ten night, I thought you're, to your point, he did have his moments as well. Uh, Max coming back and get, getting two out of three. We want to continue to see him start to shoot well because he may be the only hope they have in terms of a sharpshooter until Duncan gets back. Um, I guess let's kind of shift to this whole Bam situation, Brian, because um, he wasn't playing well to start. Um, I kind of, I kind of I, I wrote off the first half, um, and then obviously he didn't really have much of a second half. But then we started to see that surprise, y'all. Dwayne Dedman didn't get a minute, and I think we're all happy about that. But Orlando Robinson got extended run. Nineteen minutes in a game like this one to me is extended run. Closed the game. Um, so as as you look at the front court specifically with Bam, what? What did they do well against him? I mean, I kind of was trying to figure out if it was Claxton, but I don't think that that was it. I think he just kind of had an off night shooting. That was how I walked away from it um, in terms of some bunnies just not going in. But I'm interested to hear um, as you I I know that you're always uh, not once trash bam out of bio, but since he had a bad game, uh, talk about it. Yeah, I don't think it was all Claxton. I just think, you know, it was just straight up good team defense. And then he also just didn't really have it going. And sometimes that happens. In Brooklyn, part of why they've been playing so well lately is because they've committed to the defensive end in a way that they didn't under Steve Nash. And they've just been playing better team defense overall, which is why people are starting to get the idea that Nick Claxton is suddenly some defensive player of the year candidate, which he may or may not be. But I refuse to engage in such conversation in January. I would say that with Bam, uh, Look, he probably gets that rebound that Royce O'Neal got at the end of the game, and we're having a different uh, conversation right now. That, right? Like, like it's just little shit like that as I'm watching the game down the stretch. And Orlando Robinson, I mean, you know, people want to talk about Bam and quote-unquote lack of aggression, which has not been a talking point this season. But, like, I don't think he would stumble with the ball at the end of the game the way Orlando Robinson did in a crucial moment in the fourth quarter, very late, Greg, where they could have won uh, that game and needed those buckets. Uh, that being said, like, you know, Durant's not there. So you feel like this is an opportunity for the Heat to pull this one out. And Bam Adebayo's not there. So good luck with that because they better hope that he doesn't miss any extended run. I don't think that's going to be the case. But you see what this team looks like without him. And for an extended period, it's something that they just straight up can't afford, especially this season, right? We've seen, We've talked all season about, like, the minutes with him not there. You cannot have a stretch and this is why they need to do something right like if you're going to actually compete i don't know compete on what level we that's a macro conversation that's not for a post game show that's for an off day pod but like we're exactly halfway through the season now they're 21 and 20 and you better hope that tyler hero and bam at are healthy especially considering that january 15th is in a few days and we're going to be talking about the trade deadline because guess what's one month from tomorrow? And now is a time where you're going to start to really like look at legitimate changes, like not not the fan trade machine shit that everybody's been shopping around and trying to, oh, why don't they get this for absolutely nothing? And why don't they flip Gabe Vincent and somehow get Shea Gildas Alexander? No, like real shit's about to start happening around the league very, very soon. And they're going to take part in that in some way and one of that one of those ways is to hopefully get bigger because the bam the non-bam minutes just killed them and today orlando robinson tried and tao's point for whatever reason his plus minus was really good but at the same time like orlando robinson you're going to depend on him for a lengthy stretch if bam is out 
heaven forbid. So, yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah, I, we got to be careful with the box plus minus stuff. Um, but I, I do say I will say that there were moments that I thought Orlando Robinson competed. He, he he's still a little clumsy at times, but um, he's trying to get his NBA C legs. So I, I, I do get that. Um, we're going to dive into kind of I want to go you know micro into this last play of the game a little bit more um and then just look ahead uh well maybe we'll take a couple more uh dribbles through this game i this one hurts so bad because i really thought that they had this one and um it's just we're having this conversation over and over again uh but before we dive into any of that other stuff and i continue to exude negative emotions on this podcast uh and live show um let me shout out another sponsor, and that is Prize Picks, uh, the best daily fantasy platform, in my opinion, on the market. I play it every day. Prize Picks, use the code 5FIVE. That'll get your initial deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks.com, so they have a great desktop uh, application or platform, but also you can get it right on your phone. You choose the overs and the unders on your favorite players, on your favorite teams, and your favorite sports. You can put up to six players on one card, uh, do flex plays, power plays, win up to 10 times your money, but you got to use the code five and you got to deposit to get that deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. Uh, so check out prize picks. Yep. I, um, did not get in a prize pick for tonight, so I'm not going to wax poetic about how I did or did not win any cash tonight on prize picks. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Haywood Highsmith probably only scored in the first quarter, Alf. That was a weird first quarter by Haywood Highsmith. He um, he felt like he was getting um, kind of the business handed to him by KD, but yet he still ended up scoring. And then the rest of the game, he was kind of non-existent. It felt like, what the hell do they need in the front court? Like, I hate to just pivot away from this game too much. That's why I was stumbling through that last transition but I really kind of think we need to start thinking about what exactly is missing from this team. Um, and I'm just interested because we haven't heard from you. I've heard from all these guys all year about what they think that they need. What, what the hell do you think that this team needs that they don't have now? They need size, um, which, I mean, that's obvious, right? Um, they need – they like, I don't mind Caleb, right? The problem is I feel like Caleb's playing out of place. He should be, you know – 
spark off the bench like he was last season. But he's been like really, really good with the starting lineup. So I don't even know what to do with that. Uh, but part of the problem is there's no there's no uh, backfill there. There's no reinforcements. Uh, when you see a night like this, when Caleb's out, Highsmith plays. Highsmith's whatever. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you know how I feel about Haywood Highsmith. Like, <laughs> if you're a good team, Haywood Highsmith should play 12 minutes every third game. Like, he should not be starting for you. <laughs> he should not be relied on. He should not be in the closing lineup. If you're a good team, Haywood Highsmith has nothing to do with your success or failures, right? So um, that's what's happening when Caitlin, because Caleb hasn't really been healthy all year long. So we're getting a lot of Haywood Highsmith. So what they need is a four some size for the love of God, somebody over six foot eight, somebody who's a threat <laughs> to score on offense, because like you see these minutes with Haywood Highsmith out there, nobody's guarding Haywood Highsmith. Nobody. It's no nope. four. It's five on four out there. Nobody cares if he make if he makes five threes, he will be open for the sixth. I promise <laughs> you. When he gets the ball, he can't really do anything with it. Um, a lot of times, like he's throwing it off somebody's foot. He's just He's not the answer there. So, okay, enough Hamish bashing. So what they need is they need a four, a scoring threat, somebody who could stretch the floor a little bit to create space for Bam, and somebody who the defense respects. Like, so they respect Caleb, the defense now. They're finally starting to see this guy shot 40% from three over a significant sample size. You have to guard Caleb, and it's helping. The But the problem is, you know, you're still small. Like, and which is the funniest thing to me about the heat is you're small and slow. Like it's not supposed to work that way. If you're small, you're supposed to be picking up the pace. They're small and they're slow and plotting. So if you're going to be slow and plotting, get yourself another a six, eight, six, nine, six, ten power forward. I like John Collins. I know a lot of people don't. They point to his contract. I hate contract talk. Stay out of other people's wallets. You're not stay out of mine. I'll stay out of yours. Like I think a guy like John Collins, he can't. He's not a he's not a great three point shooter. But sometimes with Bam, all you need is a willing three point shooter. You don't in somebody that the that the uh, that the defense respects. So like John Collins to me is a kind of big, the kind of four that they need going forward. Now I, I'm with you on a lot of that, and, and it's funny though as as you're describing what they need. Um, it was PJ Tucker last year, and it's not PJ Tucker this year. I mean, you see the shot um, profile of him, and he's just in the corners. They're not utilizing him at all the way that Spo utilized. Uh, PJ. So it, it's, in, it'll be interesting to see how they fill that position because they kind of need to get a shooter and a big all wrapped in one. And uh, that obviously um, isn't easy and sometimes can be costly. So I, that, that'll be an interesting thing to see. I'm, Jimmy uh, and Bam present a challenge, right? Your two best players, one wing and your center, both occupy basically the same place on offense. Yeah. Like they occupy, like people are like, yo, you can play another big with Bam. Sure. If Jimmy Butler wasn't your star player, like if you had, a, you know, if you had, a, if you had a Devin Booker type, yeah, maybe you could play another legitimate big. The problem with the problem with playing another big with Bam is, is Jimmy's there too. So now yeah. you're going to have three guys who can't shoot in the running league. into like, each other. Yeah. Like it doesn't make like, I mean, it's, it's 2023 spacing is a thing. So like that's, that's the challenge there. That's why you have to find, that, that just why Jake Crowder fits so well. Kelly Olynyk fits so well. Like PJ Tucker last year fits so well. Like there's a certain prototypical type of guy that plays well with those two and they're going to have to find it if they, if they want to really make a push. 
So we're getting some um, tweets directly from the arena from Ethan Brady and Alex. I just want to uh, give every give all of our listeners and viewers a quick uh, recap of some of those. Uh, Eric Spolster says Bam's hand x-rays were clean. He's going to be sore. We will see how sore tomorrow. Uh, Jock Bond says Kevin Durant will get an MRI on his right knee tomorrow. Um, and then on Tyler Hero, um, he says he's okay, but we won't know until tomorrow. So I don't know what that means, uh, if there's swelling or what's happening there. Um, also, he he mentioned Jimmy made the absolute right play. I think that in this game, he could have had six or eight more free throw attempts. Um, I definitely agree with that as well. So, at Sean, we're looking at the rest of this homestand. It's OKC and it's Milwaukee twice. They're slow. As I said, they're slow and they're not um big either and like this this is the type of the like this exact game is the one that you can't let slip because um with the two home games against milwaukee you're likely to drop one of those two so like that makes those two games like you almost gotta expect to split um uh try to make me feel better about that about this particular one because I feel like this was such a wasted opportunity maybe I'm overreacting tonight it just felt like um this was a game that they could have totally had uh Kyle Lowry is continuing to not play well I don't really know what to say about that I'm kind of at a loss for words at the exact moment I was trying to search for tweets so I'm distracted Sean take me home yeah, I mean, I know we've talked a lot about the free throw that we didn't get th at the end, and I think we all agree that he probably should have gotten two free throws. We should probably point out the fact that we missed five free throws, three from Bam, two from Jimmy. Those are great free throw shooters. You make one of those. I know the game changes as time goes on, but you can't miss those free throws. You have to make those shots. You got to make 80-85 when you're, those guys are getting the big chunk of them. And, you know, we just – we had a stretch in the fourth quarter. I'd like to rewatch it, but like mid fourth quarter where we just started kind of getting out of our, our game tonight, we, we, our offensive possessions went to crap. Our defensive transition stuff. When Vic was out, that went to crap. They were getting to the rim. We just definitely let one slip. And, and you know, when you're having a season like this, these are the ones that hurt you the most. I feel like, because you could have gotten a win. It's kind of almost a statement win. Nothing's changing. You know, no one's going to crown us tonight beating the Nets without KD and et cetera, et cetera. But this would have been a really good win. And uh, unfortunately, we were one play short. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's what it was, right? Nine and four in the last 13. And then they they lose this one to Brooklyn. If they had just grabbed this one, I feel like then you get the OKC win and you're starting to rev up the engine in terms of getting some um, – momentum but then you have this bam stuff at the end of this game tyler hero going down the un uncertainty moving forward with an already thin crew um but i will say that i i like the idea of less Dwayne deadman um i guess more orlando robinson for now i don't think that that's going to necessarily last brian um let me i'm going in the transaction direction a little bit here do you think that the Heat value Nikola Jovic more? And then we're going to take some questions um, and also any comments, any super chats. We're going to catch up on that here as well. Um, but I'm interested uh, specifically to know if you think that they will be more apt to hold on to Jovic at the deadline or a future first round draft pick. What do you think the Heat value more at this exact moment? I hope they don't trade Jovic. Because <laughs> I'm somebody who was saying like all season long and who, you on this. Yeah, and who has been saying like he should be playing. He's hurt right now. So, but he should be playing. And 
I there was a time very early on in the season where you're experimenting at the four, and I'm like, why can't Jovic just start and play 20 minutes a game, right? Um, yeah, I'm not trying to trade Jovic in a deal. Now, I mean, like, if you can potentially get somebody serious, which I don't think is going to be available this 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 trade deadline, maybe this summer. That's another discussion. I don't think that Jovic is going to be on the table necessarily. I'd be a little bit surprised if he was. As far as the picks go, I mean, like, to me, ultimately, what you want is obviously some size, like Alpha was saying, like you've been saying, like we've all been saying. And you need, in my opinion, somebody who's on a multi-year deal. That's the key to getting somebody at the trade deadline because I don't think there's a quick fix to where they can find themselves back in the NBA finals or even the conference finals this season, just the way things have been going. Right. Like, I don't know if that without, without like a good amount of luck that we just don't foresee, or if they're really going to turn this around, like really turn this around second half of the season. I mean, we're talking about them like they're dead in the water. They're not. But again, if you're splitting the East into tiers, tier one, Boston, Milwaukee, tier two, Cleveland, Philly, Brooklyn, Oh no! Miami. I think a lot of people would put Brooklyn in tier one now. It, I'm not there yet. They'll well, they'll yeah, fuck you're it up. Biased, they'll fuck it up. Somebody's gonna get. Look, we we got to see what happens with Katie's MRI. Kyrie hasn't had his injury yet. Like they'll 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 fuck it up. But ultimately, they're not a top five team in the Eastern Conference. So is there a move that's gonna get them there with what they have now? I think that's more likely a summer conversation than it is a midseason conversation. I still think they should do something now but do something for somebody who's going to be here longer than the 2022-2023 season. Because if you're getting someone just for this season, I don't think that's going to be enough unless you plan on extending them this summer. Who on this show is not comfortable with the idea of swapping out Kyle Lowry for a, an expensive front court player and going with the other uh, backcourt guys you have minus Lowry going forward? Who is not in favor of that on this show? It depends. depends who you're talking about. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're, I mean, yeah. It depends who you're. The silent, the silence said it. If the, look, look, look. The reason the Lowry. See, I know everyone's in a rush to trade Kyle Lowry, but like, you could still, even if, even if you keep him beyond February, which I guess is more likely the case, right? Yeah. Like it is. The contract will be there and movable in the summer, and probably have more value in the summer because it'll be an expiry, and. There's a dude out in LA who cannot be traded <laughs> until this summer. The agenda that you huh? may need the contract in order to make the math work. Okay, that we talked about recently on this show. Who just you know told uh, the athletic that he's sort of discontent with what's going on with his organization. Then try. I thought you were talking about Robert Covington, not Robert Covington. Yeah, no, uh, it is not my bad, Robert my bad. Covington. I was confused. I was confused. Numbers. I do not want Robert Covington, whoever the hell they land, let it not be him. Um, I want to shout out another sponsor before we wrap this up with some comments. Uh, and that is ODM performance solutions. Team building is hard. Just ask the city of Miami in the heat front office this season. ODM Performance Solutions can help you build a winning team and keep it together. If you're looking to fill an important role at your company, ODM Performance Solutions can help you find C-suite level leadership, sales rainmakers, plus management and operational support staff. To find out more, 
you got to check out odmpsi.com or give them a call at 954-434-0634. Again, that's ODM Performance Solutions, odmpsi.com, 954-434-0634. All right, let's take comments. Um, Y'all don't want want D'Angelo Russell, bro. I see that comment already, and I've been seeing that a lot. As somebody who covered him with the Nets in during his breakout season or whatever the case may be, he's talented. He he would have fit. He just you like not D'Angelo fit. Russell. Alf? He would not fit with Eric Spolstra. <laughs> no, what are we doing? Like this. God, like people fit. are so thirsty for transaction, they just throw bullshit out there. Wait, go get D'Angelo Russell for what? For what? Like why do you? Who like whoever was like D'Angelo Russell will put us over the top? No one's ever said that, right? Like Brian's saying, Kyle Lowry, whatever, however you feel about him, I'm fine with Kyle. Like, I'm not, I don't, like, you guys know me. Like, I, I, tr- for the most part, I don't, I get upset about games, but I don't, oh, I don't lose all rationality just because of one game, one performance. Like, people are like, oh, Bam sucks again. He, I, 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 we're, like, we're going too far with it. So, like, people just want a move for the sake of a move. Like, nobody wants to, you don't want D'Angelo Russell on your team, Right. Like Brian said, Kyle Lowry will be an expiring $30 million, $30 million contract next year. So whatever you get in return for Kyle Lowry needs to be either really good or you hold on to him till next year. Like the idea of like the, the move being, let's get D'Angelo Russell in here to fix shit. Like, what are you talking about? So I, it's just too much of this move for the sake of a fucking move. Like I, it, it, I don't know what's happened to like basketball discourse, but it's right. like we care more about moves and trades and games. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's uh, it's disheartening to me, right? It's just like, all right, whatever. Like D'Angelo Russell, whoop de doo. Like who the fuck cares, right? Yeah. It, it does kind of take the purity of the actual basketball being played, um, and sucks the life out of it a little bit. The transactional stuff. You're right about that, and I know I'm the one that likely is. Um, tweeting and talking about that stuff more than anybody good transaction talk like if it makes sense and it's realistic yeah but just throwing names at the wall like i mean just fucking photoshop the uh jersey on anybody i guess like it's just i don't know all right bring in d'angelo russell i'll root for him too i don't care (laughs) what other comments we got let's see what probably won't after a couple weeks i'm telling you i see sadiq bay that that could be an interesting buy low option but um that that, that, again that's just a comment he's also super erratic but like i mean he'd be interesting coming off the bench in particular uh, I am calculated with things, but I did not give Alf the Highsmith question on purpose. <laughs> um, that must be somebody who watches both programs, and we appreciate that. Uh, Andre says, small and slow, let's go. My brand of basketball, I don't think anybody feels that way, but it is starting to get a little weird to continue to see guys play out of position and being asked to do more than they should be uh, expected to do. I not agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Javai, is that? I think that's He's hobby. He's talking about maybe. a beef between uh, Lowry and Hero. Who says that? Oh, we got a beef between Lowry and Hero. I don't think that that's a thing. Um, there's been some clips going around about some communication issues with them in crunch time. Um, I only saw one. It was, and then there's also been like I guess footage of them not cheering for each other when the other one makes a good play. But that is the most juvenile stuff to try to dissect. But I thought there was, I guess, one, there was some play where there was some cold interaction between them. From everything that I've checked in on between um, the people that I speak with, 
there there's no issues between those two guys uh, that I know of at this time. I think that stuff if flares we, up in a locker room throughout the course of a season, but that's overstated by grown men um, arguing. No, the Twitter <laughs> blow it up. Van that's says who's are marking in and trade Lowry for Van Vliet. You know the Lowry reunion story. I could start to push that narrative as well. Um, I listen. But, I like Kyle. Him. I don't want any more tiny point guards. You know, <laughs> as Pat Riley once said, Alf, to your point, I don't like diminutive point guards. That was right before he went and got Tim Hardaway, and it was one of the greatest reclamation yeah. projects. And listen, I like Kyle, but like, okay, when we're done with the, can we not get another chubby short point point guard? Like, <laughs> I mean, please, for God's sake, can we get somebody over six eight on the fucking floor? Sorry, am I allowed to curse on this? Yeah. I mean, Brian already uh, oh, definitely okay. is going in that. I'm direction. a New Yorker. I can't help it. As a as a former diminutive point guard, though, I understand. Like it's, it's hey, me to, too. Yeah, yeah. You I'm know five nine. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Got, I'm about the same. A little short. Eternal, who's always on the, on the broadcast, and we appreciate all the love. Says Bamba Turner are stretch big, stretch bigs that give space. They are. Bomba be an issue. I was calling for Bomba during the summer. Everybody's calling for Bomba, and that, <laughs> because you know, that you know what weird, it is because just... Orlando plays five bigs and he still doesn't really play. So then that gets just weird to me. Really to like quick, five... really quick on Bomba, so we could continue to move forward. But like, all I'm gonna say is that if Spo is able to do what he does with Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, the idea is like, all right, if you get somebody with some pedigree who's really high-level prospect coming out of high school, coming out of college, first-round pick. What can he do with him developmental-wise? Now, I don't know how Mo Bamba would be between the years in Miami. See somebody that's going to be receptive to all the heat culture shit and all that. That that really matters. But if he's somebody that has some buy-in, and really this would be like a second, maybe third chance, I'd give it a shot because it wouldn't cost you much anyway. Yeah, I, I don't know. I still think you may need to um, – well, if they think he's just going to walk for nothing, maybe you could get him for less than I expect. Um, but I'm not sure that Mo Bamba is a, an option, and nor do I think he necessarily catapults this team into uh, any different stratosphere than they're already in. Sean no. shaking his head no. Are you getting I, frustrated he, by he, the transaction? He could be better Sean. than it Myers looks Leonard. like you are. He could be better than Myers Leonard, though. I do think that. I just don't think he changes the – I mean, what's what's the difference? Mo Bamba, what's he going to add? A half a win or a, maybe a negative? I mean, come on now. Let's... Listen, anybody not named Deadman is a is like it's a, is a huge plus, right? Like, yeah. I, I honestly think – kind of backs that up. Like, if you – No, it really seen... is. Like, there was one point he literally erased everything Bam Adebayo did over – like, Bam was a plus 81 and he was a minus 81. Like, he literally is the – like, he erased – one of the best players in the league. Like that's how strong his crappiness has been. Like he's... So it, it, should his nickname be the mechanic or the eraser? Ha! Ah, there's a dad joke thrown up in this joint. Um, Van Lee Lowry guards uh, bigs better than guard. Or, yeah, well, yeah, he, he the with Lowry's helping him guard bigs better than guards. Um, that's how that you know true. you're toward the end of the line, though. You know, yeah. when you're when you're running like when you're in a rec league. And Sean knows what I'm talking about. When you were once on the when, perimeter, and now he did low. that. Uh, when freaking Curry blew past him, and he did the reach around, try to get a back tip. Yep, that's old man <laughs> basketball right there. I do that shit all the time. Every Wednesday, 
I do that right there. That's true. So yeah, we, we're moving Curry, into that era of the Kyle Lowry experience. Seth Curry beating everybody off the dribble in the fourth quarter was driving me fucking insane. Yo. Point of like, attack defense. What the hell is happening with this group? Now, I understand Caleb Martin is one of the guys that they really count on to do a lot of that. Um, but damn. Vic had a couple bad possessions defensively as well. To me, honestly, one of the best perimeter defenders in the in the fourth quarter was actually Tyler. Tyler was really, really strong in that fourth quarter defensively. Uh, but Vic got blown by a couple times. Kyle got blown by at least once. Uh, you know, G- uh, Gabe wasn't out there that much. You you miss Caleb there. But, you know, at, at, at the point when you're like, oh, man, if we had Caleb, we would have won. Now, you know, listen, <laughs> like, what are we doing now? You know, the most important thing, they, they didn't have Kevin Durant. You didn't have Bam. Um, I think it's a different game if those guys are there. Uh, but like I said, I mean, you you were able to hang with them when it when everybody was in the game through three quarters. It was it was neck and neck, and that I feel like you can go away feeling pretty good about that. I tend to agree. I also think that this team um, is showing life. It's coming in small increments, but they're showing life. The the listless play since that game in LA. I felt like they've. Um, Definitely had better bursts uh, than we saw before. Uh, let's take one more here. Seth Curry well, is hey, let me ask you guys, dollar oh, store sorry. Steph, and Lowry still can't guard him. Seth Curry is a good player. Yeah, I, I am with Steph Curry. Lowry is also in year 17. I do have a question for you guys. I have a question because I was actually talking to Coop, uh, Cooper Moorhead on the timeline about this. And as frustrated as we are with the offense, right, Like, my biggest thing all year, like, people were saying, oh, the defense. The defense is good. Like, the defense is actually really good. I mean, you just held the highest-scoring team in the league to 102 points. The only problem is you you score 101. Like, it's – like, they don't score like a modern NBA team. But one of the things where I was talking to Coop about, he said some of the individual leaps that we've seen are actually taking away from the offense we saw last year. There's a lot more dribbling and, and ISO stuff coming from Bam, right? Bam shoots with seven left on the shot clock all the time. Vic shoots with six, five, four left on the shot clock all the time. Tyler's doing a lot more in ISO. And then, you know, you have Jimmy do, doing what Jimmy always does, right? So your top four, I mean, through your top three scores and lately your top four, when you include Vic, are all guys that are getting their – their points outside the flow of any movement kind of offense. Not it's not like last year where you were spamming DHOs and Kyle the Kyle guys of the world are flying all over the place. You're shooting fifty so threes a game. You're setting records night after night of, of you know three point makes. They've completely gone away from that offense, right? So, but we saw last year that offense did not translate into the playoffs mm-hmm. at all. None of those guys, role players, uh, shooting like Steph Curry in the playoffs just doesn't happen, which is why I'm really uh, – I, I can't wait to see what Boston does in the playoffs because I keep hoping Derek White shoots, shoots 50% from three. I dare you, right? But are they setting up an offense that lends to playoff success more than the offense they had last year? Wow. Now you're going down an interesting road, Alf, because well, you're so I, right. That's last what year, saying. That's what he feels like. And that's where you see some of the clunkiness, right? They're trying to get to something different. And it's it's a huge departure from last year. But how about if you have four bucket getters instead of one like you like you did last year? It doesn't lend to more playoff success. 
And and you'll have to see also the implications of not having the cushy. And I guess it's not really cushy. I was going to say um, home court advantage, but they lost game five and seven on their home floor. So you saw that that's not necessarily what it's cracked up to be at all times. I think you bring up an interesting point about that they seemed greater than their sum of their parts last year. And this year they seem less than the sum of the parts, but you're seeing leaps from individual guys. And I think that that's the mind bleep that's taken place to the fan base and what has led to maybe some of the over the top frustration that's boiled over because you see all these guys, like I said, I've watched heat basketball my whole damn life. I'm 40 years old. I've never seen them have three 20 point per game scores. They got three of them and they ain't winning that like messes with my brain. And I know that that's counting stats, but that's still just, it. it's, it's weird to see. So I get it. Um, but, but look at in the, the playoffs. It's a very interesting concept there. This is, I mean, they're, they're playing at a pl- playoff type pace, right? Um, now the problem is, I mean, are you, are, when you when you're going in as a playing team as a seven seed, that you might <laughs> gotta get out. Of yeah, you you gotta get to six at least. But you know, it's an interesting it's an interesting thought process. Like, is this are they building an offense that actually will work for them in the playoffs? I love the positive spin. I think that that's how we should close this show. Unless Brian, Sean, do you have any other comments to? Uh, to fire off, get a word in edgewise here if you need to. Definitely check out our sponsors, A Aggressive Insurance. That's insurance by Lynette.com. Prize picks, use the code five and odmpsi.com, um, ODM Performance Solutions. But Brian, Sean, any final words? Yeah, I think just to add on to what Elf said, I think he makes a really good point. And you don't necessarily have to go to either or. You can run those off ball actions, DHOs, and things like that from. 18 in the shot clock down to that seven point or eight point that you was talking about. And now instead of being like, all right, Jimmy, get the ball. All right, bail us out. Now you got Jimmy, bam, Depot, Tyler, you got multiple options that when it gets down to that six, seven, eight seconds left, now you got to make something happen because your previous actions didn't work. Now you got multiple options. So I think, I think that's a really good way to look at it, that it may be clunky. You just hope that that clunkiness starts to kind of balance out a little bit. Yeah, and just you don't need to pound the ball for twelve seconds, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what's killing them. Like someone was saying, their how their shot quality is amazing. Sure, it is. It just takes so damn long to get to the shot is the problem. I mean, like I, I watched there was two or three different possessions where Vic and Hero bring the ball down and don't make a single pass, and still shoot with three, four, five seconds left on the shot clock. So you just dribbled for twenty seconds by yourself. Like, come on, it's just it's. I, I understand it, but it's like you you, you got to push the pace. Yeah, and I think uh, the ball movement is going to be key. I want to see if that's something that gets established in the second half of the season because when they looked their best, they were moving the ball. It was flowing. It was popping. Shooters were getting involved early in the shot clock to house point. They were hitting shots. They were in better rhythm also. That's something that probably we don't talk about enough this season is that like while the shooters are missing, they're also getting shitty looks a lot of the times. And a lot of these are getting hoisted up late in the shot clock. And that's something that needs to be cleaned up. And if you remember in March when they had their infamous, you know, dust up, whatever we want to call it at the bench and people were going at each other's throats or whatever, the offense around that time was getting really stagnant and it wasn't popping the way it was and then they ended up fixing it and then they went to the playoffs and did what they did so for me like we'll see what happens now because you have oklahoma city coming up i mean if you don't win that game at home then (laughs) the next post game show might be uh you know might be 
doozy. And then after that, though, you have, and this is like, this is perfect. You have two home games against Milwaukee, back to back. There's a day of rest in between them. But you have two home games against Milwaukee, I believe, on the 12th and 14th. And then you have January 15th. And I feel like those two games are going to be pretty indicative of what's to come after. So we'll see what happens. And just since y'all have heard dates floating around, January 15th is when basically the entire league will now be eligible to be traded unless you have a no-trade clause or otherwise um, rules are, are preventing you from being traded. But guys like Dwayne Deadman uh, will be available to be traded on 115. And then also to back up a bit towards the beginning of the show, 2-9 is the date to watch for the trade deadline. February 9th is uh, the deadline. So uh, to the point of um, an earlier comment on this program, we're about a month out. So you're going to start to hear more of what will actually be viable. Um, we will keep you updated on that. Thank you for joining us on this show. Ethan, Brady, and Alex have you at the arena. Thank you to Sean, Brian, and Alf for joining us. It's uh, always dope to be back on a show with Alf. Um, and um, I will uh, definitely be making a, an appearance back on Hangover Time sometime uh, in the near future as well. Peace out. Sorry the Heat lost, uh, but we'll be back to, uh, Not your fault, to uh, cover the rest of the homestand. Peace. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.